Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 210. We've moved to the outfield, so we're going to talk about left field today. Before we do that, though, let's talk about our sponsors. First, the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus 9 rocket tech the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats. Use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. And again, make sure you take advantage of that EFP20 discount. That's a great way for you to support the podcast and save an additional 20%. Also, we want to say, if you want to support the podcast, please consider patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. We're talking about $5, 10 or $20 a month. It's a great way for you to contribute to the success of the podcast and to keep it going. We're very fortunate. We've got a great group of uh, patrons that have been with us for a long time, and we really do appreciate them. But we would love to see a few more people add on. We are close to being in a break-even situation now, and we would love for this podcast to stop costing us money. Once we get there, maybe then someday we'll start seeing the gigantic red number that's in the other column start to disappear. Don't get me wrong, I love doing it. You know, Don and Stan and I getting together to talk about softball is one of the highlights of my week, but we'd also like to make sure that this hobby doesn't cost us a ton of money too. So if you're in a position where you can, please become a patron. So Don, left field. Left field, the outfield is exciting to me, Tori, because uh, again, that's kind of our last line of defense and always got a role. They can make big plays, whether it's diving or making an amazing catch or whether it's making a, a perfect throw to a base that barely gets a runner. And, you know, when chaos happens in the infield and we've got a backup role and things like that, outfield can be a really exciting place. Right. And we need to, you know, talk about a few things that can help them do a great job for us. Right. Well, one of the things that you've touched on that I think is really the key to this discussion as we go around the outfield is they have a ton of responsibilities and we need to make sure that we're doing a good job from a very early age helping them see and understand how important those opportunities are. You know, one of the reasons why I think when younger players are playing in the outfield, they don't like it is because there's not that many balls that get hit to them. And so we kind of talk ourselves into thinking that it's an unimportant thing. Right. Because if I'm not catching the ball all the time, obviously I must not be very important. But the reality of it is that the times when the outfielders do their job saves us wins. It wins us games. It saves us from bad things happening because they're doing the stuff that we really need to do. And some of it's a little bit unsung, but that's our coach's fault, not the position's fault. So the thing that we have to do from a coaching perspective now is start off from the very beginning, helping players see how important these different jobs are, understanding why we value them so much as, uh, as we do from a coaching perspective and helping them to see that because we value it so much, it should be more fun for them to do it. Perfect example. If you play for me and you play left field, if there's a runner on second base or a runner on third base, every single time the ball hits the catcher in the glove, you are sprinting to the foul line to back up a potential throw to third. Whether it's a pickoff throw, trying to throw behind the runner who's already at third, or a potential steal, of the runner stealing third from second. 
The reason we do that is, one, we have to have that potential play backed up, and we have to help our outfielders understand that getting to that position to back that play up can't be a sometime thing. It can't be a once-in-a-while thing. It can't be a when-I-think-something-might-really-happen thing, because then I'm never going to be where I need to be when I need to be there. You'll be one step too late. Right. And now, does that mean the left fielder puts on a lot of mileage during the course of the game running to a spot where nothing might happen? Of course it does. But here's where the fun is. Here's where the payoff is. At least once this year, she's going to be there when she needs to be. And that one time this year is probably going to be when that would be the winning run. That would be the difference in the game. That would be the difference between us winning and losing. Maybe moving on in a series. Advancing in your championship, whatever it might be. And to me, that's when the payoff happens, right? And we have to keep working with the, the outfielders on understanding that the reason we want you to do that, the reason you have to do that job is it's crucial. This team cannot win if you don't do that job. This team has no chance for success without you doing that job. And once they start to understand that that's how important they are, that's how crucial they are, and then that one time happens when they get to actually see how amazing it is to be right where you're supposed to be, to have dozens of people like, wow, that's amazing that you were there. I can't believe, wow, most players won't do that. Wow, I've never seen that before. Well, the reason they've never seen it before is because most people don't do it. And they won't do it because they don't ex- hold it to a high enough standard or understand its importance. Tori, they might be tired. Well, if they <laughs> do it enough, they'll stop being tired because they'll get in better right. shape. I'm kidding, yeah. But so that's just a kind of an example. So you know, for my left fielder, she knows she's got a really important job in that situation every time the ball gets pitched. So she also knows she has a lot of other important jobs. So we've got to work on our, obviously, the fundamental skills of playing the outfield, catching and throwing blocking balls, stopping balls on the ground, cutting balls off in the gap. But all those different kinds of things require some time at practice set aside specifically for those players. And the one thing that we'll talk about about all three outfield positions, the one trap that we fall into as coaches is we do not spend enough time with our outfielders in their positions, having balls hit to them from home plate. And so you know, we would do a couple of different drills where we would you know, really you know, amp this up And so we would always have a routine where maybe the infielders would be doing their throwing routine while the outfielders were doing fielding stuff. Because the one thing that uh, we have to break the mold of, the typical practice, everybody stretches together, everybody throws together, then we split up and we do our infielders do infield, outfielders do outfield. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, except here's what I would rather have us do. Our outfielders can do an awful lot of outfield stuff without having to throw. Sure. And a lot of what we really need to work on doesn't require a throw at all. So let's do this drill. Let's put our, our outfielders on the field while our infielders are on the side doing their stretching or their warm-up or their throwing routine or whatever it is, their you know, short hops, whatever they're doing. But we're going to have our outfielders in position. We're going to have our left fielder in left field. We're going to have a center fielder in center field. And we're going to have ball after ball after ball hit to us from home plate so that we're working on the balls hit right to us. The balls hit side to side. The down the line. The in the gap. The Angles, communication. Drop yeah, the communication between me and the center fielder. Me gaining confidence on how far I can go to the foul line. If it's a field that we play on 
like our home field, if it's a high school team, a school situa- situation, I know how far it is from where I stand to the fence, to the foul line, tracks, to the warning track, and, to the bullpens, yeah. to all those different kinds of things. So while we're doing that, in a very short period of time, we can get a whole lot of balls, a whole lot of work in that specifically help us feel more prepared to play. What's the flip side of it and what most teams do? Your five outfielders stand together in a group. We hit them balls that are pretty much right at them over and over again. They never work on communication. They never work on range. They never work on figuring out their positioning on the field. And then we expect them to be able to do all those things somehow miraculously in the games. And it just doesn't make any sense. Tori, I like all those things that we're talking about there. And again, repetitions, drop steps, things like that. You could be doing tons of those types of things, making sure they open up to the side that the ball's hit with that foot in terms of drop steps. Right. You know, trying to run with our eyes not bouncing and and trying to be smooth with our vision. All those little things can be a huge difference maker. And from what you said at the very beginning, talking about how important the role is going to be at some point for those outfielders, you know, knowing when to block a ball up, when to scoop and run and gun type of thing, you know, importance-wise in terms of anticipating what the runners are going to do. Is it more important for me just to block it up? because they're not going to advance or is there a potential for them to, you know, try and get an extra base. Right. But learning that kind of stuff, talking about it and then putting it into use and practice is, is huge. And it's obvious when you watch a real competitive game, how much of an, uh, a good outfielder can save, how it can stop an inning or stop a, you know, a runaway inning and keep us Or, in, or totally change the momentum. If somebody scorches us, a ball and your outfielder lays out and makes an amazing catch, guess who just totally stole the momentum of and, that game? And we're, we're pumped up. But something you said at the very beginning, too, it feels like it's not as big a role with younger groups and younger players because the hitters can only hit it to the infield. But then eventually they get strong enough, the pitching gets uh, velocity-wise competitive enough that we can start hitting balls to the outfield. And that's when it really starts getting golden when they when they get active in in that whole uh, scenario but it's tough in the beginning so we got to do a good sales job as coaches and, right and create that importance and start sharing that anticipative concept where they need to be moving you know to a backup role and things right. like that so when, cool. and I, th- I think you touched on something that's really important so let's say at the start of our practice while the infielders are doing something on the side the outfielders are using the field so let's say you know they they do all their on field work then when they move off the field so the infielders can do their infield stuff now that's a good time for them to do their throwing routine work on their arm strength but then do the drop steps the wrong shoulders the tweeners we talked about should i block it up or should i be doing a you know a do or die kind of play so then we can be practicing our safety stop our action stop our do or die kind of plays and so we have the opportunities to work on all those things and then we also have to be you know taking it to that next level of helping a player understand, well, when's the right time to safety stop? When's the right time to do or die? And honestly, as the player's skills improve and they get better at it, some players get to the point where they're so skilled with their glove work that they can almost go all out do or die for almost every single ball they go for because they have so much confidence in their abilities that they don't need to stop and drop and get down on one knee and block the ball up every single time to make sure that it stays in play. The whole challenge to me is when when we talk about these outfield positions, is making sure that we're treating it like it's important, that we're setting time aside. If your outfielders are constantly, all they ever get to do is stand in a group, have balls get hit to them from the foul line, 
they start to think about, well, why don't we get to use the whole field? Why don't we get to be in our positions? You know, how much better would I be if I actually could run and chase a ball down a little bit once in a while? And so we just have to make sure that we're always thinking about how to get the most out of this time. And for the outfielders, they need to see as many balls as they possibly can hit from that same angle that we expect them to see it on game day. And again, you know, we've talked about in the past, you can do batting practice. So just put your outfielders in their position and not just shagging, but playing balls. So if we're doing front toss, guess what's going to happen? The balls are going to get hit a lot and it's yep. going to look like real hitting. Have your starting left fielder and somebody else in left field, your starting center fielder. And so you got two kids in each spot and let them play every ball like they're trying to make a play on it as it's getting hit by one of the other kids that are hitting and just rotate them through that way. So they get to see as much what feels like real hitting from home plate as much as they possibly can. And I'm seeing uh, if you've got two center left and right fielders that one's back by the fence. And if somebody has to run to shag or, or play something live, then the next one steps in. Right. right? Well, that's basically and what we would, how, how we would set it up. We'd have, let's say two kids in left field. So the first one steps in, the second one's pretty close to the position because she's paying attention. So if the ball gets hit, she can move to get out of the way. And as soon as the left fielder moves to start to go to make a play on a ball, the next one steps, steps in, in, so she's ready. Yeah. So you know, while the left fielder's finishing the play and then you know, you know tossing breath. the ball into the bucket, she can kind of circle back to her position, and then we're ready to go right away. Yeah. So, so let's say you've got your left fielder and center fielder making a play on a ball in the gap because you know that's where that ball just got hit. While they're finishing up that play, the next two kids are stepping in and getting ready to go. Those two are tossing the ball on the side, jogging back to the get-ready position for their spot. Next ball gets hit to right field. Well, the right fielder makes a play on it and rolls it in or tosses it in the bucket. And then the, while she's making that play, the next right fielder is getting ready. And all of a sudden, we've still got a ball getting hit probably every 25 or 30 seconds, but it feels like really productive batting practice and really productive fielding practice at the same time. And Tori, catching a ball in the outfield might seem and look like something that should be easy to do, but until you're out there... And, and you see a ball hit and you're having to run. And, you know, I talked about eyes trying to stay right. on level and stuff. If it's bouncing in your vision and you're not very comfortable with that, it's not an easy feat. And there's been times when our backup second baseman has to play in the outfield. Right. How many fly balls have they gotten? And this right. is what you were describing there is a the perfect, perfect opportunity. opportunity. Right. So, yeah. and, and honestly, as you're rotating the kids through, Maybe all of your infielders get a little bit of outfield time. Focus on outfield for right. a, a portion and then focus on the infield. Yeah. yeah. So I think you know it, it has a lot of flexibility. So, but again, make sure that we're targeting the specific things we need to be successful at each position. So that's going to wrap up number 210. Support our sponsor, the Anderson Bat Company, and become a patron if you can. Patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. Reach out to us at everythingfastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com with questions, comments, ideas, or suggestions. Always want to talk about stuff that you're interested in. Make sure you go to the fastpitchprep.com website, order your square cuts training discs. They're $49.95 a dozen. And you can also have access to the YouTube channel and the blog posts. There's tons and tons of information there. So for Coach Don McKinley and our producer, Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tory saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week.